Alright! Calling Ben again on the phone. Uh, you can hear Edward barking a little bit in the background. Probably not a lot. Well, good evening. But, uh, hey, Ben Lawrence, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yeah, how are you doing? Oh, you know, can't complain. <laughs> and if I did, who would listen? Hey, Indeed. no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, Everything's... I'd listen. Hey, thanks, Ben. Uh, first of all, I guess let's start this off with just a quick, uh, I think, uh, easily defendable statement. Black lives matter. <laughs> I think we can both agree that that's true. Indeed. And uh, and yet, <laughs> some people apparently don't think so. Um, well, yeah, and uh, the reason you're bringing this up is, because, you know, for people who listen to this, not when we record it, there is a large unrest around the country yes. at this very moment. Um. There's a lot of stuff happening all over the place. Uh, as you know, uh, I, I took a break, a one-day break from public freakouts on Reddit. Did I know that? Uh, did I mention it? I don't think I did. Um, I think it was in between recordings. Gotcha. Uh, pretty sure. And uh, when I came back, boy, oh boy, so much. <laughs> so much going on. A lot more of the public has been freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things I will say, uh, there are a lot more uh, variations between the freakouts uh, than I was expecting. There was, uh, there was a, a uh, accident... I think it, it's hard to it's hard to say what to call it, and I don't think we talked about this uh, the last episode. Uh, the FedEx truck in St. Louis. Have we talked about this? No. Tell me about the FedEx truck in St. Louis. Okay, so I was watching a video, and in the video, there's a FedEx truck. Uh, it says FedEx truck runs over protesters, and the FedEx truck uh, is driving. And you hear someone yelling, there's a guy under there, and there's a guy who's, who is kind of trapped on the wheels of the, of the truck. And it's pretty crazy. Um, was this a semi-truck? It was, uh, okay, so, yes. It, it had a cab, yeah, and then the back part of the truck... I saw a video of a semi-truck that ran into protesters, but I did okay. not know that it was FedEx. Okay, but that the, uh, the thing I think you saw... Unless there are two different instances of this. Were, were you seeing something from, like, on a highway with a whole bunch of protesters? Yeah. Okay. From, like, from so, the vantage point of, like, either the top of a building or a helicopter. Yeah, that's a, that's a different one. That, oh, good. There's more. There's more of these. Yeah, okay, great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That that one was, uh, and that the guys there, uh, just to do a brief detour from the one I'm talking about, uh, they actually recovered the cell phone of the of the person who was driving the truck, and they found a text that said, "No one else wanted to do it. I'll talk to you later." So, 
uh, and they and the person who had the cell phone was saying, you know, he knew that he was going to be driving through these protests to deliver the thing. Uh, he didn't make it, uh, but uh, he got pretty far, uh, I guess. That was the thing, though. Uh, you there was a huge crowd. He was driving. Everybody like moved away. And he kept driving, and then the crowd moved back into him as he slowed down. This one uh, was on a city street. Uh, bystanders recording. Um, and yeah, you see, a, you see a guy getting dragged. But it was the position that he was in was so weird. I, I had to see if there was something more. So Well, I can't the, imagine that there is a comfortable position to, when you're being dragged by a truck. Yes, uh, and and the the thing is that there are two there there are two, um, whatever the back part of the truck is called. So you've got the cab where the person's driving trailers, two trailers. Well, was it a trailer together. or was it one of those box trucks? Um, no, uh, there were there were two. If if this makes sense, there were two of what you would expect to be behind a truck. All right. Right. So yeah. So it's a like, imagine with two trailers. Imagine a right. Uh, imagine a train car. Yeah. Uh, so when I found the 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 original video that hadn't been cut to the action, if you will, uh, yeah. there were people in between. So imagine there was just one of the trailers. Uh, and somebody would have opened up the back of the trailer and be taking boxes out. People had opened the back of the first trailer, the one attached to the cab, and were taking boxes out of it. So people were looting this FedEx truck? Yes. And then the driver took off, but there's another trailer behind the first trailer. Yeah. And so the there were people who were trapped... When he took off, there were people that were trapped between the two trailers. And one okay. of the people that that is, you know, being run over uh, and dragged uh, was in that position, basically. Did this person make it? I don't know. As far as you uh, know? There was no follow-up. Okay. In there. But, so, so that was one of those things of, uh, I don't know which... Now, obviously... I was going to say, I don't know which of those guys I would rather be. I, I would probably rather be the guy driving the truck well, than the one getting dragged. Well, one of my questions is, did the guy driving the truck drive off because he knew he was being looted? Or was he aware of what was going on behind okay. him? Okay, so in the first video I saw, right, um, I didn't see any any of that happening, right? I just saw people. So the car, the truck is in motion. Uh, in the first video, the truck's in motion. People are hitting the truck and telling yeah. it to back up. Yeah. And all I thought was, oh, this guy uh, ran into a bunch of people. The thing is, I'm I'm thinking about the way the truck's set up. I don't know if he could see in between those two trailers. So I don't know if he knew that people were back there doing that or not. I, yeah, I have no um, idea. He did. He did know that he was on a crowded street. Um. So still, 
not great, but this is what I'm talking about. Uh, moral gray area uh, in this situation. Uh, should he have taken off in his truck with a whole bunch of people around him? I don't think so. Uh, would I have done it? Maybe. I I think about that sometimes. You know, if I'm in a car and somebody's standing in front of me, am I going to dri not drive into them, but drive forward with the hope that they would move out of the way? I don't know. Well, I, I mean, you'd drive slowly, but the other thing to consider, for because this guy is on the clock, and so yeah. he's probably being told by his supervisors, look, you get the trade, you get that cargo to wherever you need to go now, or you're fired. Yeah, and I don't know. Sitting in my armchair, I would think that I'd I'd want to try to get away without hurting people. But again. <laughs> It's you're in a weird situation when a road is full of pedestrians. Uh, yeah. You're no longer in your regular commute situation, so I don't know. So was that was Annex. a weird one. Yeah, I was at Annex oh, last night, and there was a um, last night there was a big protest, like twelve plus hour standoff between protesters and Seattle pol police and the National Guard, and um, so Eleventh Avenue in front of the theater was just packed. But yeah, can, can you tell people really quick uh, who don't know the layout of Seattle and where Annex is, where Annex is in relation to the uh, precinct in Capitol Hill? So the East Precinct is on the northeast corner of the block, and Annex is on the southwest corner of the block. Yep. And the standoff was on the northwest corner of the block. So okay. a big standoff with hundreds. Some people were saying, you know, thousands, like 10,000 protesters against, you know, maybe 50 cops. And maybe there's more than that. But anyway, it, it, the, their numbers changed constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, was just at the end of the block. So we could we could stand out on the fire escape and look down the street and see everything. When you um, say we, who else was there? Uh, there were there were certain staff and company members there who were who were at the theater to help. Uh, okay, so things. so no show going on. There was no, no. We okay. uh, we had opened the space to let people like come in use the restroom. If people were getting tear gas, they could come in and and seek medical attention. Oh, um, regular regular folks. Uh, just yeah, just okay. Well, but that's anyway, cool. that's very was, that's very nice of you. What I was saying Civic was minded. that. What I was saying was that... <laughs> I'm sorry, were... was I interrupting you, Ben, when you were trying to talk? No, not at all. I'm no, just trying to make a point here for the last five minutes. Okay, I um... apologize. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. Sorry, sorry, Ben. So the street in front of the theater was crowded, but there were still people trying to slowly drive their cars through. And for the most part, the people on the street would clear space for them. And it was very, it was very, uh, you know, it was very friendly. Mm -hmm. And there was no, like, I, I can't help but feel that a lot of these uh, instances you see where somebody is driving through a crowd, you know, it's like somebody who is against the protests driving through the protests. Yeah. But with, with, um, with, with Capitol Hill, it, uh, on the most part, at least what I was able to see, it's people who are for the protest 
trying to slowly make their way through the protest because maybe their parking garage is down the street and they need to get there or something. Right. You know, it was all very, it was a very much a, a, a um, uh, an example of people helping people, which you don't often see on Capitol Hill. Really, well, I used to see that on Capitol Hill often. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's funny because when somebody like last night when people came in and asked to use the restroom, we'd be like, yeah, it's down the hall to the left, you know, because they're out there all day uh, protest protesting uh, systemic racism and police brutality. Whereas on a normal weekend day or weekend night, if we have a show and some stranger comes up to use the restroom, we're going to be like, no. Oh, no yeah. Way. Good point. Good point. <laughs> So we don't, um, we don't want you here. I saw I saw a video, uh, and this may have been the one. I don't know. Have you heard of the the pink umbrella incident? I have not heard of the pink umbrella incident. Ah, okay. There was a guy live streaming uh, near the East Precinct. Um, I don't know where exactly, but I recognized sort of the area. A lot has changed. Is there a is there some sort of a structure that's sort of green now around that area? The like a, the building where Richmark Label is and the um, it wraps around the, uh, Pine Street from 11th to 12th. Okay, that might be it. And you know might where the, the, area uh, the they were at? you know where the liquor store is on 12th? That's all one building. And yeah, it's been it's been painted a whole bunch of different colors. Okay. So the, the, the big thing was, uh, there was a guy, he was live streaming, and he was, like, talk, giving a play-by-play, basically. He said, uh, as long as the bike cops are still in the front, then we're going to be okay. If they get tagged out by these other police wearing gas masks, then things are going to go uh, bad. So, again, as long as... And as he's talking... You see the the police in the gas mask come and t- start tapping out the bikers, uh, the yeah. bike cops, uh, and there's a then the protesters start taking their umbrellas out, and one of the police officers grabs the pink umbrella, and then they start tear gassing and and stuff goes crazy, and I was like, hey, wait a second, I recognize that place. Yeah. This is in Seattle. Last night he, was actually he mentions the first, East Precinct too. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Last night was the first night I think since Thursday or Friday where uh, tear gas and flash flashbangs were not used against the protesters. Really? Well, that's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah, but it, the the funny thing is, is that it was a peaceful it was a peaceful standoff that lasted as far lasted into the next day. You know, uh, when I when yeah. I woke up and uh, turned on the uh, turned on the live stream, uh, there were still people hanging out by the barricade. Oh wow! So it was. It's yeah. been a. It's been a. At this point, a uh, twenty-eight hour affair. So, I don't have anything as exciting that happened in my hometown. Uh, the the main street here had like 250 people show up at one point in, uh, in Edwardsville. It's the, yeah. it's the, the county seat of Madison County, Illinois. So 
it, it would make sense that that's where people would go, but apparently, uh, no incidents, pretty, pretty sedate, as it were. St. Louis is where everything is, uh, going crazy, more so. Right. But I, it makes I, sense. I, I can only imagine how, how fraught with racial disparity St. Louis is. Yeah, there's, uh, there's not a, a great, uh, history there. Especially, now, and I think I've mentioned this before, East St. Louis. If you look in the in the history of that, uh, very similar to the to the Tulsa uh, riots and things like yeah. that. Um, Sadly, my my introduction stuff. my introduction to East St. Louis is from the movie National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, well. where they cross the bridge into East St. Louis, and it's just. Uh, stereotypical ghetto. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, funny in the moment when I was a kid watching it, but looking back on it, I haven't seen that movie in years, but looking back on it, it's kind of cringeworthy. Yeah, now, East my- St. Louis is a, is a great example of what happens when economic uh, forces are uh, put to bear on a, on a uh, location. Yeah. Not only that, but violence too. I mean, that violence came first, and then uh, it's it's bad. And the the thing is, again, uh, all the while that um, bad things were happening to it, people were blaming the folks that lived there. Um, and we have seen that that continues to this day. My uh, knowledge of Missouri geography is is uh, pretty lacking. Where's Ferguson compared to St. Louis? Okay, so um, huh, I I know that Jennifer listens to this podcast, uh, <laughs> and she has been witness to my uh, to George Goody, my uh, my dad, her father-in-law, talk about the St. Louis metropolitan area for a really long time. Luckily for you, I don't know that much about geography, uh, so I can't <laughs> tell you. I can tell you that it's it's considered part of St. Louis. St. Louis is is broken up. The St. Right, Louis, so it's um, it, it's, it's like it's a, broken it's, up into all these different little cities that are all um, governed by their own police forces, and there there's all this talk about reincorporating into a larger city, but they keep St. Louis small. Because these are all separate, like little townships and things. But it's, I it's, will say it's this: cl- it, it's close enough that it, you know, it's it might be considered a suburb. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay. In fact, there's uh, it's near Clayton. Also, Clayton is uh, more, if I'm not mistaken, more uh, a richer, like little township. I don't know what they're called. Little township, little city, and so lots of times. People from Ferguson will go to Clayton to protest because uh, that's where the people are. <laughs> right. The, the one thing I do want to point out, though, East St. Louis, uh, actually in Illinois. Right. Uh, which is interesting. Maya, uh, so uh, interesting side note. A friend of mine went to college I- at Washington University and was a DJ at uh, KWUR in Clayton. Oh, interesting there. That's kind of yeah. cool. 
Anyway, the reason uh, I just asked is because I was wondering if the uh, uh, when the Ferguson riots happened, uh, th- that it 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 either inspired uh, protests in St. Louis or if it was just the w- one and the same. Yeah, it's pretty much one and the same. And again, Ferguson is uh, one location that is seeing a lot of protests now. Again. Um, but that they just uh, elected their first African-American mayor, from what I understand did. in the news. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations to Ferguson for that. Um, the, the, the big thing, again, like I said, it, I believe that if the plan for unification of St. Louis had gone forward, Ferguson would have been one of the places that uh, would have been like part of St. Louis, the new reconstituted st louis if that makes sense yeah i could be wrong pretty sure that's the case but yeah so um and the thing that we should point out for uh future generations and all that listening list uh the COVID 19 stuff still going on (laughs) even at this time i know i was watching video of all the protesters just packed in so tightly yeah i'm like Oh my God! It's it, it's not like you know national tragedies happen in sequence; they can't but happen still, yeah. simultaneously. Oh, and uh, also, uh, fun fun thing: you can't necessarily ban people from wearing masks this time. Uh, that was one of the things that used to happen in protests. Sometimes, if you were wearing right. a mask, they would they would pull you aside, right. and you know, because what are you wearing it for? Well, in this case, I've, I've not gone into a bank since this whole thing started but i can only yeah. imagine how awkward that would be yeah that's that is kind of weird um i'm wearing my nixon mask for covid <laughs> i i do i do wonder about that whether or not the mask thing is going to stick around long enough for uh masks to get even more creative than they are right now i've seen some I, pretty creative ones yeah i uh i i of course wear the ones that uh jennifer uh pratt jennifer fact checker my wife has made and they're all really neat and fun to wear as fun as they can be to wear anyway um which is all right i don't feel bad uh when i'm wearing them uh that much obviously um it does feel nice to take them off when i get in my car yeah i will say but you know i'll i'll uh take mine down when i get outside mm. uh like i'll put it on inside the store but then if i'm walking on the sidewalk and i'm alone i'll just i'll uh i'll take it off yeah and one of the one of the guidelines that that had been around before is that you wear the mask when you can't stay six feet away yeah and and if you can then you don't necessarily need one um, and people are getting smarter about it too. We had uh, some. We had a bunch of people inside the theater last night, more than we probably should have. But people ca- would come in and, and use the restroom, and we had some people there connected to the theater who were helping out. And people were really, I say, really good about wearing masks around. Yeah, that's that's that is nice. One of the one of the interesting things, and I this isn't going to be an episode of Paul and Ben save. <laughs> everyone or solve everything or Paul and Ben solve racism yeah um, <laughs> but I do have a I do have a question yeah. what do you think because one of the things that the very far left talks about 
And interestingly enough, uh, maybe libertarians talk about it too. I don't know. I haven't really seen it, but it seems to be kind of up their alley. What would a world that doesn't have police but still has, you know, the, the regular government thing and all that, what would it look like in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think it's all who you talk to. Because there's there's some people who say, well, you know, the police are the problem, but then there are other people that say, well, if there's no police, then what's to stop it? Just anybody from breaking into my house and stealing my stuff and killing me. What's right. to stop me from doing that to someone else? Yeah, see, that that was one thing I did want to bring up. Uh, we talk about this a lot sometimes. It is it is very telling that most of the people who talk about this. Don't say what's to stop people from breaking into my house and killing me, but it's what's to stop me from going to your house and just stealing all it's, your stuff. It's they're like the always, yeah. It's it's the police. The pl police to that ideology is I think are the same as uh, a devout uh, Catholic being a good person because their reward will be in the afterlife. If there's right, no afterlife, exactly. what's to stop me from being a terrible person? Whereas, uh, again, you have the uh, sort of ethical atheist people who are like, this is the only <laughs> life that I know I'm going to have, so why be a bad person when I'm here or what have you? It, it is interesting um, thinking about, like, if, if you don't need... Let's say you don't need food because there's always food. Let's say, you know, there's always going to be food, always going to be clothes, always going to be shelter. Star Trek replicator in every home. Right. What is the big thing that that we care about? And I'm thinking that the thing that you care about the most is body autonomy. Like not getting hit, not being assaulted by people. Basically, that's that's the that's the big like, I, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, Ben, <laughs> but if you had the choice between giving someone a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, because they ask you for it, or getting beat up and then having them take a hundred dollars <laughs> from you, I'm guessing. That the that you would gladly give a hundred dollars instead uh, of I'd, I'd I'd gladly pay to not get beat up, right? I'd I'd, I'd prepay <laughs> to not get beat up. So now let's 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 examine it a little bit further. And there is no such now. There's no such thing as money, right? Yeah. Uh, you go to the replicator and you get food. And anyone can go to this replicator and get food. Now, Not my replicator. That's mine. Well, that's and that's the thing. Now, right? Uh, the idea would be that someone would say, "You can't use this replicator. This is my replicator." Unless yeah. you blank. Now, what would the blank be that you would have to do in order to? Use that replicator. Some sort of job. I think you just invented capitalism. I would say, I would say, yeah. Um, I've got this wall that needs to be built. You can't use a replicator until 
you See, fix this well for me. That's that's the thing. I mean, I I think there. I think everybody will just if you if you go to some sort of utopian uh, future where like uh, money has no meaning and you don't need a police state, things will revert to there being money and there being police. You know, I, I, it, George Carlin had a um, uh, a thought in one of his books where he said that with all the people who are upset. Uh, the amount of money that professional baseball players are being made thinking that let's just get rid of professional sports. You know, these people don't need this much money. Let's put that money towards, you know, social services. Okay. So you get rid of professional sports. There's no professional sports. People still want to play baseball. So, you know, a group of people gather in a field and just play baseball for the fun of it. Well, some enterprising person comes along, sees that other people are watching these people play baseball, and gets a great idea. Let's charge people to watch them play baseball. Yeah. And then all of and a sudden, you, you have professional sports again. So well, it's, it's, it, it's, it'll always come around to that. And this is, this is I think you've, you've uh, led me back to an idea that I had that I don't think I've talked about on the show before. But we might have talked about it at some point in time. You've you've mentioned something about the capitalist way of doing things that I find really, really interesting. <laughs> the concept is I work to earn money so that I can buy food. Right. That's that's the mm -hmm. that's the basic idea. Um, and we think about it this way. Work money and then can have food work money then get the food the thing that that is crazy that i whenever i think about it it's still hard for me to wrap my round, mind around it the food already exists you're not doing your job with the papers to create food that you can then eat the food's already there yeah you don't get the food the food is withheld from you until you do the job and then you can get the food and that's that's the thing is that we're we're um we're getting rewarded right but the way we're getting rewarded is a thing that already exists we're now able to get yeah which is a little crazy in a way and uh, yeah. you you look at toilet paper in this last thing. Everyone went crazy, went and got toilet paper. Then all of a sudden, there wasn't any toilet paper. And it didn't really matter how much money you had. You couldn't buy it because it just wasn't there. So... There were some people capitalizing on that. Hey, hey, there's that word uh, by <laughs> putting by, by hoarding toilet paper and then putting it on or not just toilet paper, but like hand sanitizer, personal protection uh, equipment, putting it on an Amazon store or eBay at an extreme markup. And yeah. Amazon, Amazon, like, you know, started closing these independent stores that were doing this once they got wind of it. But I'm wondering if somebody would, I mean, I'm wondering if it worked, you know, did somebody say, well, there's no more toilet paper at my Costco when it sells for like, you know, $2 for a six pack. This person on eBay selling it for $50 for a six pack might as well buy it. Well, here's the thing I'll say about that. The only news stories I saw about it 
were news stories about people not being able to sell it, people yeah. trying to return it and all that. Now, is that the case where they really were unsuccessful or is it one of those things of they don't want to publicize the people that got super rich doing it? Right. I don't think anyone got super rich doing it, but that's because I like to live in a world where I'm not constantly mad at everybody all the time. I'd also I'd also like to believe that we live in a world where the average consumer would not fall for such things, but I know that we don't. Yeah. People 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 will do that. People are gullible enough to fall for that kind of thing. Well, and, and also, uh, are you really falling for it if you don't have any other recourse? You know? Um, like, if you, if you live somewhere where there really isn't any, you drive all over and everything like that. Yeah. Eventually, I you mean, might you know, pay that much. I guess that context is everything. I do live in a city where if one store is out of toilet paper, I could spend all day going around to different stores looking and I'll probably find something eventually. But yeah, yeah. if you live out in a part of the country where like it's a half an hour drive to the nearest store, you might get desperate. Right. A half an hour drive to the nearest store. Then the next store is a half an hour from where that store was. Yeah. An hour away from your house. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, totally. That's like where my parents were at for a little while speaking about that uh this this may be where i get my like weird thoughts about how police work and everything uh when i was growing up you had the the county sheriffs those were the yeah. police and they didn't show up unless you called them and if you called them they were a half hour out at least yeah. i was actually you know, reading so a reddit ama about something not ama but um an uh an ask an ask reddit thread about what it's like to live in the small town where the police are basically not non-existent yeah so and and it's funny because you know you 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 also don't have as many people right but yeah. each each house is its own fiefdom basically or fiefdom whatever um you know <laughs> you both work you'd let people know when you're coming over uh they'll so they tell you shoot it, you on site well that that kind of thing yeah if uh you know dogs around there would attack you if you got onto yeah. their property that kind of thing so yeah. you don't show it's up unannounced um or if you do you go in your car right i mean and that's the thing also is that people will know that you're showing up they'll see you from a mile off yeah normally or if you live in the woods you know maybe they'll know what your car looks like and oh hey it's fred yeah uh, but yeah, the interesting thing about you know hearing about life in these small towns, um, where you know if you call the county sheriff, he's forty-five minutes away because he's dealing with uh, in uh, a lot of people's experiences um, meth addiction. Um, yeah, and I'm not talking about the sheriff is addicted to meth. I'm talking about meth addiction in these small towns is a is a thing. Yeah, hey, let's and, not write um, the sheriff off though. There's a possibility. <laughs> But, you know, so you look out for one another and, you know, there was more than one stories of like people like holding down somebody for a half an hour or more who like attacked somebody or stole something or was, you know, a meth head and did something weird. Like two or three people had to hold down a dude waiting for the sheriff to come. Yeah. Or so the sheriff never shows up. Um, never shows up. You know, there's a there's a kid who's stealing tools out of people's garages somebody says that they saw the kid uh you know coming out of this guy's garage 
And so three or four of them go over there, knock on the door of the house, ask to look in the garage. The, the dad lets them look in the garage. This didn't happen to me, by the way. I just want to let you know this wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It was a different guy. Uh, but yeah, the, and so everybody got their tools back. Yeah. And, you know, they got a stern warning. If you come over my property, I'll, you know, get you or whatever. And, you know, that's how things are kind of taken care of there. Can that happen in a gigantic city? Maybe not. Um, but, again, that's that's one of those things of, um, you know, my, my encounters with police uh, occurred in... Edwardsville, where I live now, right? A half hour away Hmm. from where I used to live. And they were almost always traffic related. Uh, You know, where are you going tonight? What, you know, what's this? Uh, And whenever, whenever you saw a police car as a teen, uh, you knew that you were going to get pulled over. Because that's all they did. Yeah. And of course, now that I'm an adult, that's not all they did. But as a, as a teen, yeah, they're constantly pulling teenagers over in in this town. When this is in the the late eighties, early nineties, um, because you know, why are you driving around at night? Well, you're obviously going to a party or coming from a party, that right. kind of thing. And or so, you're cruising, and cruising's not legal in this township. Exactly that kind of thing. Hey, speaking about not legal in this township, uh, I'm <laughs> I've been told that we might have corrections this episode. Actually, I tell you what, not only do we have corrections, but we have corrections from not one, not two, but three different sources. Wait, three different sources. Now, okay, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, uh, this is unprecedented. Uh, As you may know, Ben and I don't do any research for this. We don't look stuff up on Google. We don't have any plans. We just talk. And when we talk uh, from the top of our intelligence, as people say sometimes in the improv world, uh, we don't always know what we're talking about. And so we've built in uh, a self-correcting mechanism inside of the podcast uh, where if we say something wrong, you can write to us at Ben's email at yahoo.com at gmail.com. It's confusing for a reason. Uh, We (laughs) want the people to be able to pass that little hurdle to get to us. Uh, and then you tell us what we did uh, or said that was incorrect, and we will come back in a future episode and fix it, fix the record in a segment that we like to call Corrections. Corrections. Ding! Ding! Now, Ben, yes, normally Paul. the two people that uh, submit corrections are my wife, Jennifer Factchecker, Jennifer Pratt. Uh, by and large, the lion's share of the corrections and uh, self-proclaimed only person that does any work on this podcast. <laughs> pretty much true. Uh, and our friend Stephen McCandless. So I don't understand what this third correction thing is about. Are you saying we have another listener? We have a brand new uh, uh, contributor to corrections, which I will get to shortly. Okay, let's go to the whole right. thing. The whole thing. Um. Now this one, now this is from Steven, and yes. uh, Steven admittedly is behind on listening to the show. Gotcha. And he sent me, he sent me a note from episode 212. Now we are currently on episode 224. Gotcha. So, well, this is still good. 
Uh, you can correct us so. anywhere throughout the uh, the uh, pantheon of episodes that we have. So he's about three months behind, and I don't really know exactly what he's referring to in this, but he says, in episode 212, Paul suggests changes to Skyrim to make playing the game less enjoyable. Do you remember, do you know what he's talking about? Uh, no, but to, but go ahead and, and give his corrections, and I'll see if I can remember. All right. Uh, he goes on to say, I thought he'd enjoy hearing about this detail in the upcoming survival game, The Last of Us 2. And this is uh, quoted from an article from, looks like, ScreenRant.com. All of the human enemies from the game have names. Newman went on to say, describing how the NPCs would yell out to each other in combat and give orders about things like searching areas or flanking opponents, calling each other by their names. Uh, these aren't just faceless goons that you're fighting against. These are real people. According to Naughty Dog, the NPC names are assigned upon the character spawning in and are not randomized. So a player who reloads a checkpoint will not suddenly be facing a whole other... Well, yeah, well, uh, so a player who reloads a checkpoint will not suddenly be facing a whole other set of enemies. It's all in service of making the violence feel that much more real, the co-game director said. And oh, that's Steve, really cool. So that's an excerpt from this article. Uh, Stephen goes on to say, Also, the enemies hunting you have dogs. Every dog has a name. If you kill a dog, there's a chance you'll hear the owner find the body and mourn the animal. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know if this is... Th- I- Again, it's it's a long time ago, but I do remember at one point in time I was talking about um, how I think it would be interesting to play a game like Skyrim where you didn't know that outlaws would necessarily fight you. I mean, normally, right, uh, when you're playing it, if somebody is uh, a bandit, you're going to fight them, right? They won't just let yeah. you go. And so... And this may or may not be what he's talking about, but I did muse at one point in time uh, that it would be interesting if every single encounter you had could go either way. You might be able to get a, get along with them, or you might not. Fallout actually does this uh, much better than Skyrim does. Fallout 4 uh, has some characters that you could partner up with um you know, either one of, of two parties that are in a conflict and that sort of thing. I, I just I, looked up the show notes for episode 212. Yeah. And um, uh, one of the one of the topics we talked about was uh, being able to pet the dog in video games. Oh. And so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I would. I, am I interested enough to listen to 212 again to find out what <laughs> it is that I was talking about? Maybe so. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Um, so uh, let's move on to Jennifer Fact Checker's correction. Yes. So uh, we were talking about um, the phrase "What's up, Doc?" and uh, yeah, I I, I kind of mused that because uh, you you had mentioned it, and I thought it was the title of a movie starring Barbara Streisand, but uh, but and maybe Looney Tunes stole it from them. But then wait a minute, Looney Tunes was actually. Uh, about 30 to 40 years before that. Anyway, What's Up, Doc? was adapted by Chuck Jones from Clark Gable's performance in It Happened One Night. There's a, scene where he, there's a scene where he's leaning on a fence, eating a carrot, giving instructions to Claudette Colbert's character with his mouth full. 
See, there you, know? you go. Uh, I knew that I... Oh, I suspected that it was, you know, like for for me and maybe for you too, that's just what Bugs Bunny says. So it's just yeah. an invention. We didn't know that it was a uh, a uh, homage, if you will. Uh, but yeah, a lot of that stuff is. And, uh, you know, it becomes its own thing. So finding out yeah. the origin of that is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we were also talking about uh, how Jimmy Fallon got in trouble because a uh, video surfaced recently of him uh, wearing blackface as Chris Rock on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And uh, so Jennifer goes on to give more instances of white actors portraying black characters on SNL. Uh, Billy Crystal as Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, yeah. Sure. Fred Armisen as Obama, although they say he did not use blackface, only contour makeup and a foundation called Honey that was not a darker shade than his own, just a different undertone. Mm. Mm. I do not know Fred Armisen's um, uh, heritage, and so I don't know if that's actually considered wearing blackface. Is he is he uh, mixed race? Well, and it, it gets it gets really confusing. I'm not sure, but. Um one could argue that a black person could do blackface yeah. based on Bamboozled, the Spike Lee movie, which uh, explores that idea. Anyway, um, before I get myself in more trouble, uh, Jan Hooks as Diana Ross. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel as Chris Rock. Jimmy Kimmel? Or is that supposed to be Jimmy Fallon? I think Jimmy um, Fallon, yeah. Joe Piscopo as Jesse Jackson, Daryl Hammond as Jesse Jackson, Horatio Sands. Oh, I remember Sands. that. I don't remember that. Yeah. Horatio Sands as Aaron Neville, and plus a bunch more. But this is a nice short list. Yeah, uh, Aaron Aaron Neville is a character that uh, he has done on Comedy Bang Bang as well. Um, yeah. Which which is a question, and I uh, about voices. On, on podcasts, you know, is it better or worse? Well, that's as that's voices an on podcasts point because in BoJack Horseman, Allison Brie plays a character who is Vietnamese. Yeah, and I don't, I don't ever remember her coming under too much fire for that. Although I do remember, uh, conversely, uh, when. When the the scout in Up uh, was being played by a voice actor of the same race as him, that was like supposedly maybe the first time. I don't know. It was it was it was a little later than I thought possible, yeah. but uh, something to that effect. Uh, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about BoJack Horseman, I, you know, Allison Breed did not do a caricature of yeah. A Vietnamese accent. She just spoke in her normal voice, but the character was Vietnamese. So, anyway, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, an ever shifting landscape. Yeah, representation matters. Indeed. Uh, number three, we were talking about the uh, the uh, the officers involved in the George Floyd murder. Oh yes. Um, she says not all the officers involved in George Floyd's murder were white. Alexander Kung is Asian American uh, or Chinese Korean American, as is Tu Tao, who is Vietnamese American. Yep. So I didn't. That is I, again. 
like I said, I haven't seen the video, and I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, and I did see the video, but I was not the one that I'd... You know what? It doesn't matter, Ben, which of us she was talking to. It doesn't matter so, uh, which of uh, us had a long, protracted conversation with her about... And so... Um, the, uh, she She's sick of me talking about politics in general. Yeah. Uh, I because can She's stuck in here with me uh, during quarantine a lot. So anyway, yes. Uh, so we are um, we are interesting in that I will watch uh, horrific things, whereas you are more sensitive than I am. Uh, and yet I will complain about the horrific things I watch, even though. I watched them on purpose. I don't know. I'm pretty sense. desensitized about such things. I just don't want to see it. Um, yeah. As opposed to, like, I can't see it. As uh, opposed to me, we were... because I love watching it. <laughs> Sorry, when we were done. When we were done, you ripped through a number of made-up facts that she fact-checked for you. Yeah. Uh, so, number four, mushrooms and other fungi grow very well in space. Well, in spaceships in space. NASA is studying the possibility of growing fungi on another planet. Maybe the best way to grow building materials. That's right. Shroom houses on Mars. Papa Smurf <laughs> could not be reached for comment before this email was sent. Nice. Um, there is no species of tiger that is toothless. Tigers, like humans, are usually born toothless and lose their adult teeth as they age due to the usual stuff. Gum disease, cavities, accidents, etc. So true. As for canceling out echoes in cave systems, we know how to use acoustic tiles and sprays that reduce echoes. Those things could certainly be applied in a cave, so I guess that's true. Interestingly enough, um, this is Ben talking again. Yeah. Um, I went with my parents, not my parents, I went with my dad and my grandpa to the wind caves of South Dakota. Oh, and, I don't know about uh, those. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think I talked about this before where we went, we walked down a whole bunch of stairs and it, the tour was like an hour long. And during this whole hour, you are just con consistently walking down. And and uh, eventually people were like, are we going to have to walk back up? But then you get down to the bottom and you run a corner and there's a bank of elevators. Hey. And every, everybody just uh, applauds, you know, erupts and cheers. But I remember my grandpa going does it echo? And the tour guy was like, well, go ahead and try it. And Grandpa yelled something, and there was no echo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's also one more uh, subsequent one from uh, uh, Jennifer. Uh, we were talking about the um, the Chancellor of uh, Germany. Germany, yeah. Pr prior to and succeeding uh, the Third Reich. Yeah. Uh, the chancellor prior to Hitler, it's tricky. Paul von Hindenburg was president, but chancellor was an appointed position. He appointed several people in quick succession, and the final chancellor before Hitler was General Kurt von Schleicher, and I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, who served for one month. Hindenburg then appointed Adolf Hitler, who dissolved the Reichstag and became Fuhrer. Ah, gotcha. So, and, so Chancellor was a previous position. Yeah. Not and the then, leadership uh, position that... Uh, okay. 
Gotcha. Conrad Conrad Adenauer was the first chancellor after World War II, and Helmut Kohl was the first chancellor of reunited Germany in 1990. He was previously chancellor of West Germany. He served as chancellor from 1982 to 1998, so he was there the whole time. So, so that goes to the thing that you were talking about. Um, did they... Um, did they re-elect, I mean, did they elect someone new, or did they just have one person stay? They had one person stay. So, good yep. job, Ben. Yeah. Alright, now for the uh, inaugural correction from uh, from a, a new listener. Um, it's, it's your friend and mine, Alex King. Alex King. Did I yes. say that right? Yes, Alex King. All right, let's so, hear uh, the correction. <laughs> he says, uh, in episode 223, which was last week's episode, Ben mentions that the lockdown pro- protesters at the Minnesota Capitol building were carrying AK-47s. Most of the lockdown protesters were carrying AR-15s. Ah. Uh, he, he did not see any AK-47s in the picture or coverage of the event, but he did see one person with an AK-74 which is like the AK-47. It's a Russian-made gun. Says your liberal gun-knowledgeable buddy, Alex King. Hey! Thank you, Alex. That's very good information because I, for one, would not want us to be inaccurate on uh, weapon descriptions. Uh, Uh, One of the the things I love about Reggie Watts, uh, musician, and again, uh, we we have had the benefit (laughs) of him opening for us <laughs> at one time. <laughs> opening is a very loose phrase. Yeah, I know. That's that's what I. He went on before starting to spin the bottle. Yeah. Oh, uh, and and it, it you never want that to happen ever because he's so good. But but it, he's very interested in uh, the use of silencers incorrectly and weapons incorrectly on TV shows and stuff. And yeah. watching him talk about it is very interesting. So, uh, I thought I heard somewhere, and if Alex is listening to this episode, he can probably correct me. I thought I saw somewhere that the AR-15 is actually just a civilian version of the AK-47. Ooh. Now I don't know what um, I don't know what civilian version means. I, I mean, if it's just like a completely different gun, or if it's the same gun that the military uses but with certain modifications, like. Maybe the AK-47 is fully automatic and the AR-15 is semi. I don't know. Well, well, Ben, I will say this. The uh, AR-15 is made by Armalite, and I don't believe they're the ones who make an AK-47. It might be a similar weapon, but I... And and I'll concede that. I know nothing about guns. Yeah, I I believe... um, I I saw an interesting comparison video between uh, a shotgun... And then AR-15. And uh, if I had to choose, <laughs> I would choose the shotgun. For sure. Because it has a wider spread? Um, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, uh, it's better for a novice, I think, is all I would uh, say, as far as that goes. Um, have you ever, AR- have AR-15 you ever... is a, is a rifle, uh, yeah. normally, and, um, there are good things and bad things about any. I, what what I'm basically saying is, uh, I am not good with shooting rifles. I I shot an M16 when I was in the Air Force, 
and my sights were off. Uh, and it was great because you could see all of my shots were lined up, but uh, an inch <laughs> but over from where off, they yeah. should be. Yeah. So um, if I had to choose, I would I would use a shotgun. I had a roommate once who was uh, into guns, and we went to a gun range a couple times. And I'll admit, I mean, it. Uh, I thought I was pretty good, you know. Uh, yeah. Hit the hit the bullseye a couple times, but kept all of my all everything on the. Um, on the target itself, but that's 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 all of my involvement with guns needs to be. Yeah, and again, I'll I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The thing that people, when they talk about gun rights, don't talk about is guns are fun to shoot. <laughs> not at not at people, but I mean that's part of the reason why people have them. Well, I guess they are probably fun to shoot at people. Also, depending on okay. your your bent and who the people are, Ben. And whether or not they're paint guns. Thank you. We're back to everything being cool. Uh, speaking about everything being cool. Hey, Betty! She might be sleeping, by the way, Ben. Uh, she may not come down. Paul, it is almost 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, Betty! Oh, she's coming. Uh, yeah, My she, she's become nocturnal. My sister and I dig that. I would have. I would have done that. Uh, my sister has a, a, a fourteen and a seventeen-year-old, and she is hardcore about getting them up at eight thirty in the morning, even oh. you know if they don't have uh, quote school that day. Yeah, absolutely, Which absolutely not hated. happening here. Yeah, I told I told my sister I would have hated that when I was when I was seventeen years old. Oh, and she's done with school, by the way. It's uh, it's her summer vacation. Well, there already. you go. Sleep whenever you want. That's not the same for everybody, but uh, at least here in Edwardsville, it is the case. And here she comes now. I'm going to be taking off my headphones and handing them to her. It's Betty. And oh, it looks like you just woke up. Have you been uh, awake for a while or did I wake you up when I yelled for you? Woke me up. Oh, man, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I guess that's it. (laughs) oh man she's so mad at me um how how is summer vacation going all right um do you have your contacts in right now or do you not have your contacts in i don't good do not sleep in your contacts listeners betty already knows this uh betty also has cool hair was that a lesson Uh, that was learned betty and i have been watching jojo's bizarre adventures uh we are on episode i mean on part two part three is when it starts getting good and every weekend we've been (laughs) just trying to do a marathon as much as we can but both betty and i after a while go all right that's enough of that and then we stop yeah because because jojo is if i were to describe it in one word it's overwhelming yeah because it's okay. it has a lot going for it it has a lot of stuff happening at once so you just gotta have to process what's happening she's making hand short, gestures for processing by the way and in a short period of time and uh, i'm sorry i'm really sleepy okay thank okay. you betty Bye. love you thanks betty bye betty
And there she goes. Uh, so she was still asleep, and there's a good chance she'll be going uh, to bed. You know, uh, honestly, I'm surprised she came down at all. If she was yeah, asleep. it was it was really nice of her to do that. I I appreciate <laughs> it. Oh hey, yeah. I've been lockpicking uh, again. Oh geez, did you buy a uh, a clear plastic lock so you could see what you were doing? Um. Okay. So I already know what I'm doing. Uh. But I did. <laughs> uh, get a clear plastic lock because it came with the lockpick set that I got. Um, and also, but the the big thing that I like is doing uh, the the actual master locks that um, you know that you can't see because then you use your sort of tactile sense. And it's yeah. really interesting. I can't describe it um, that well, but I, I guess I can say this: you sort of see quote unquote with the with the touchy parts that you're using like you you actually um your little probe and things like that your mind gets an image of what the inside of the lock kind of looks like and it's pretty cool Keep your little probe out of this hey did hey. you take up my uh, recommendation and look up lock picking lawyer on youtube oh shucks ben you know what you i should didn't do, do that i you should. should do that because, because here's the thing th oh yeah go ahead they are, well, I'm telling you, they are bite-sized chunks. The videos, uh, you know, are never really longer than, like, three minutes. And he doesn't just pick locks. He uses, like, he shows you the vulnerabilities of every type of lock. The dude's got, like, a th over a 1,000 videos on YouTube. It's pretty well, the reason the reason I want to take a look at it is because there's a wafer lock that I'm trying to open. And I'm not exactly sure if it is a wafer lock or if I'm using that term incorrectly. So that'll yep, be a great know. place to go. And... I Indeed. will tell you about it next time. <laughs> next week. Uh, until then, Ben, I ask you to stay safe and keep it wrong. Likewise, keep it wrong, and I will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Ben. See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm going to turn this off right here. <laughs>